remember, joy and peace. Turn to Romans chapter, turn to two places, Romans chapter 10 and uh, Psalms chapter 102. Romans chapter 10. I want you to see this, and we'll go forward. I'm not going to. I don't think I'm going to expound a whole lot here. We'll just see the Holy Spirit wants to do. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. He says, "Brethren, my heart's desire." This is Romans 10. Romans 10, verse 1. Sorry, is that what I said? Okay. I thought it might have said chapter one, but. Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved. Wow. No matter what you might be going through in your life, what you've walked through, the journey you've been on, That's the heart of the Father. Paul said, my heart's desire. Brethren, my heart's desire in prayer to God for Israel is that they may be saved, restored, made whole, preserved, complete, perfected. I mean, whatever we can, whatever you might, what flash it might flash through your thinking about what someone may have done to you, the choices you made in your own life, how you currently see your attitude, how you can currently see your position. I want you to know, mine and Annette's heart, the Savelle's heart, but more importantly, the Father's heart is that God's people would be saved. I mean, <clears throat> look at all the Apostle Paul went through and, and you look at some of his accounts. He looked in Corinthians 11 and he gives this whole long report about, you know, being shipwrecked multiple times, being beat three times and left for dead, being stoned and all those things. And, and besides that, he says, to finish it all out, he says, besides all this, what constantly comes upon me is the care of the churches. Now, if I was being stoned and beaten three times and left for dead, I don't think my number one thing that I close it out with, and really, I really care about Betty. I'd be more like, what am I doing? I mean, you might be a great man man or woman of faith and be like, yeah, it's the care of the churches. But this was the heart of the Apostle Paul. Besides all this, the care of the churches. So for me, and Annette and the Savelles, for me, I'm a pastor. Paul was an apostle. I'm a pastor, so for me, what comes upon me is the care of the people. The care of heritage. It's not saying one's better than the other. The whole part is I want you to see the heart of the Father that no matter where you are, What you did yesterday, how frustrated you might be at yourself. I want you to know my heart and the Father's heart is that you would be saved. That you would not be, that you, the reports that you might have received from the doctor, you could say, well, God's heart for me is to be saved. You might be broken. You might have just lost your job. But but I want you to know you can hold the word up to, to the Heavenly Father. The Father's heart for me is that I would be saved. The Father's heart for me is that I would come out of this. The Father's heart for me is that I would go higher. My fa- The Father's heart for me is that I wouldn't be the same person this time next year that I am right now. Because the Father's heart is leading me always into greater things. He's always leading me from glory to glory. Faith to faith. He's leading me from strength to strength. That's the Father's heart. 
And if you're not careful, you can get stuck in your brokenness. You can get stuck in your failures. You can get stuck in your mistakes. But no matter what you, where you might be, you have to hold on to the heart of the Father more than what the enemy might be suggesting you. More than what, what um, uh, the enemy might be suggesting in your life. Amen. Now let's look at Psalms 102. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Psalms 102, he says, Hear my prayer, verse 1, Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. Answer me speedily. Wow. Hear my prayer, O Lord. And let my cry come to you. Do not hide your face from me in the day of my trouble. Incline your ear to me in the day that I call. And he says, answer me speedily. Have you been in a situation where you're like, God, I need you to show up and I need you to show up right now. The psalmist goes on and he he's really he really kind of gives this whole maybe eight verses of something I don't really want to experience. He goes, for my days are consumed like smoke and my bones are burned like a hearth. My heart is stricken and withered like grass so that I forget to eat my bread. Have you ever, ever been through something you didn't want to eat just because you were constantly worried about what you're facing? He says, because of the sound of my groaning, my bones cling to my skin. I'm like a pelican of the wilderness. I'm like an owl of the desert. I lie. I'm not sure what that would mean, but look like, but I lie awake and am like a sparrow alone on the housetop. My enemies reproach me all day long. Those who deride me swear an oath against me. For I've eaten ashes like bread and mingled my drink with weeping because of your indignation and your wrath. For you have lifted me up and cast me away. My days are like a shadow that lengthens. Meaning, (laughs) it's not getting better. (laughs) Meaning, the sun is setting and the shadow is getting darker and darker and darker. And he goes, I wither away like grass. Wow. Wow. I mean, think about that. That's 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 challenging. That's that's difficult. That's that's something I, I don't want to experience. But then the very next verse says this. But you. But you. Thank you, Father. But you. You see, th- this phrase, but you, is something that you need to learn in your vocabulary because this phrase and these two words, but you, have everything to do with you remembering something greater than what you're facing and what you're going through. But you, O oh Lord, shall endure forever. Meaning, meaning, what, what's he doing? He's saying, hey, he was talking about all these things that are going on, but then he says, but you, O oh Lord, will endure forever. Meaning, what is he declaring? He's declaring, what I'm going through is temporary. But God, you're forever. Right now, this is short term. But you know what, God? You are long term. I choose to hold on to long term. I, ch- I, chose, I choose to, uh, you know, because, you know, people will let you down. Circumstances will, will, will shift suddenly. Things will happen. You know, one day the, the things will be up financially in America and then things will be down. And, and it, it's up and down. The question is, you have to hold on to the things that are forever. Remember you, O Lord, for you endure forever. And the remembrance of your name to all generations. I mean, he goes, I remember you. I remember you. I remember you. I remember your name. I remember, I hold to your name to all generations. What is he saying? I'm reaching back in history. I'm reaching back to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I'm reaching back to Moses. I'm, I'm reaching back. I'm reaching about the one that got them through the Red Sea. I'm reaching back to the one who was not even able to have a child. And, a, and the woman was barren. And I'm reaching back to the one that was standing there about to crucify his son. And all of a sudden there was a ram in the thicket. And all of a sudden it was labeled there that God is Jehovah. He's the one that provides. 
So not only is he saying, hey, but you, I remember you because you endure forever. But he also says, I remember your name to all generations. I remember who you are. I remember what you've done. I remember your character. I remember what you said. I remember how when it looked impossible, how I was able to, they were able to get through it. Why? Because I remembered your name that came to all generations. Verse 13 says, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. You will arise. I was just praying over this this morning and, and just that phrase, you arise. I mean, don't think that God doesn't know what you're facing. Don't think that God doesn't know what you're going through. Don't think he doesn't know the struggle that you're having with your own personal self-worth. Amen. I want you to see this morning in, in your spirit man. That God is arising in the midst of your situation. Amen. You arise. For you will arise. You will arise. God will stand up on my behalf. God's going to God, God is going to pay attention to what I'm going through, what I'm facing. You will arise and you will have mercy on Zion. Amen. Do you know how much God loves you? Why would, he, why would he stand up for me? Because he loves you. Amen. He's having mercy on you. Amen. Mercy on you, Doug. Amen. Mercy on you. Everything that the enemy has stolen from you will be restored. Amen. Everything. Amen. Everything. He arises. Why? Because he's having mercy on Zion. And why the maximum? Why greater level? Why his mercy is on Zion. His mercy over you. His mercy over me. For the time to favor her. (laughs) For the time to favor her. Yes. The set time has come. For the time to favor her. And and it says yes. The set time. I want you to know. And I declare over you. That you have an appointment with destiny. You have. Because of the favor of God that's on your life. You have appointments that you need to show up for. For the time to favor her. Yes. The set time has come. The set time. This is a season. This is a season for you. If you've been going through things like the psalmist has been going through, I want you to know your set time is right now. For the set time to favor her has come. Yes, the set time has come. It's an appointed time. It's a place of meeting. It's where you're intersecting with a divine moment that changes everything in your life. Favor. His favor. His favor. I love what the word says. He surrounds us with favor. The word says his favor is for a lifetime. And then I just couldn't get away from this scripture. One, because I, I didn't understand it. But verse 14 says this. For your servants take pleasure in her stones. And show favor to her dust. I didn't get it. I mean, when you read that, does that make sense to you? Okay. For your servant's sake. Well, who's the servants? For your servants take pleasure in her stones. And they show favor to her dust. Favor, pleasure. They're showing attention to. They're making... They're making a priority to this dust. They're giving attention to something, Vic, that they hadn't given attention to before. Why? Because it's dust. It's just stones. 
And I, and I was seeking the Lord this morning and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He goes, two people, too many people, that, what is it? too many people are looking at the destruction in your life mm-hmm. instead of looking at the stones that God can rebuild. Because this is something that the children of Israel didn't really have a revelation on. Because the thing is, is if you go back to Nehemiah and you look at those days and, and how uh, when Nehemiah got word of it, he said the walls were broken down. The walls were destroyed. And yet he's in a foreign country who never even went to Jerusalem. He was born in captivity and he was a cupbearer to, to, to King Artaxerxes. And, and here he is. He gets word about this letter that comes to him and said, hey, the walls are broken down. And it, yet it takes a man that wasn't even born in Israel, but yet had a passion for God's people. And he goes to the king, and he could have been killed for this. He goes to the king, and he has a sad countenance. Even having a sad countenance, he could be killed by the king. But the king says, what's what's wrong, Nehemiah? He goes, I got word that our walls are broken down. And he, something on the inside of him, he was like, I've got I've to rebuild this. He wanted to rebuild walls to a city he had never been to. He wanted to build, be, rebuild something that he wasn't even aware of. Why? Why? Because he knew something was significant about the, 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 the city of God. Amen. Jerusalem, Israel, God's people, the mountain of God. There was something that, that he, he understood and he was like, I, I can't settle for this. And all of a sudden he asked the king, and the king, long story short, the king sends him and actually sends him with a letter, sends him with the finances to even start rebuilding it. He goes in, he, he, he walks around the wall, creates a plan, uh, plan. The next thing he know, he, he, he talks to people and he said, Hey, let's arise and build. And then 52 days later, the, the city was built. But what, but what I want you to see here, he goes, the wall, the stones were broken down. But it was when they got a revelation that God wasn't finished. When they got a revelation that God wasn't done yet, all of a sudden they started looking at what was broken. Where before they looked at it as being a victim to something. They looked at it as being just a tragedy and they looked at it. Well, we're just in captivity. We're just exiles and God doesn't care about us and, 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 and all this. And we're just, we're just nobodies and all this happened. All of a sudden now they're looking at the stones with pleasure. They're looking at the stones with pleasure and they're looking at the dust with favor because now they're saying, Joseph, God can rebuild. God can rebuild. God can rebuild. God can rebuild. I want you to know that you might have you might have things that are broken and been destroyed in your life, but I want you to know that God can rebuild. God can make it better. He's a God of restoration. He's a God of recovery. He's a God that will bring you out of your bondage and take you into your freedom. But if you're not looking to him as the one that endures forever, if you're not looking to him as the one that is standing up because he has mercy towards you, then you'll keep looking at just the broken stones and you'll just keep looking at the dust. He's speaking to Israel here. His desire is for them to be saved. Verse 15, actually verse 16 again, 14 again. For your servants, for your servants take pleasure in her stones and show favor to the dust. So the nation shall fear the name of the Lord and all the kings of the earth, your glory. Whoa, wait a minute. So what God is going to rebuild is going to call the nations to take notice. What God's going to turn around in your life is going to cause other people to notice. And it's going to cause them not to fear you, but it's going to cause them to be in all of your God. It's called them to be in respect. What have, what, what did God do with Phelan? I, I, I need to know, God, Phelan, I need to know the God of you. I need to know the one that arose for you. I need to know the one that shined with mercy over you. I need to know this. They're saying what God is rebuilding, it's going to call nations to fear. And all the kings of the earth, your glory. Meaning they're going to take notice about the glory of God on your life. 
Hallelujah. Fills you with all joy and peace in believing. Do you believe this this morning? Verse 16. For the Lord shall build up Zion. And he shall appear in his glory. He shall regard the prayer of the destitute. And shall not despise their prayer. I could take time with each one of these verses. but Verse 18. This will be written. Now listen to this. This will be written for the generation to come. Because no, you, you could be saying, well, well, you're, you're, you're talking about Israel way back then. No, I'm talking about you. I'm talking about you. Because what's being written, it's saying it's being written to a generation to come. It's been being written, written to a people yet to come. This wasn't just referring to them. He's talking about Zion. He's talking about a, a New Testament church. He's talking and looking at this Moed. He's talking, he's looking and talking about this set time of God's favor. We are in the set time of God's favor. The set time of God's favor came 2,000 years ago when Jesus ratified the covenant on the cross, went to the lower parts of the earth, went to heaven and sprinkled his blood on the mercy seat. And we've been in that set time of favor ever since. I just needed to get, I, I just needed to come to the place to get on the right page. I just needed to get a hold of, of what he has done for our generation. This was written for the generation to come. Now listen to this, that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. That a people yet to come may praise the Lord. This scripture is not only giving us a personal story of a psalmist, but is giving us a prophetic picture of how we should be living, standing in faith today. This is written for a generation to come. That a people yet to be created may praise the Lord. Can you praise the Lord for a minute? Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you that we are in a set time of your favor. Yes, the set time is here. The set time is here. I thank you. Whatever's been broken down, I thank you that you're rebuilding. You're rebuilding the lost heritage of Israel. Hallelujah. Thank you that you're rebuilding things. You're rebuilding things. We thank you for it, Father. Hallelujah. I will be the generation that will praise you. I will be the generation that will praise you. I will be the generation where the nations will fear you because of what you're doing in Crowley, Texas. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Oh, we praise you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Verse 19, for he looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven, the Lord viewed the earth. Don't think that God doesn't know what you're going through. To hear the groaning of the prisoner. To release those appointed to death. Now listen this. To declare the name of the Lord in Zion. Wait a minute. For he looked down from the heights of his sanctuary. From heaven the Lord viewed the earth. To hear the groaning of the prisoner. To release those appointed to death. To declare the name of the Lord. Who's declaring it? The Lord's declaring it. The Lord's declaring it. This is God releasing his faith over your life. Faith is in his, in his heart and in his mouth. He's a faith God. When he said, let there be, it was established. When he said, when he said, hey, do this, it was, it was done. He did that, it, it, was, it, said, it said, and it was good. He did this, and it was good. He did it, and it was very good. By the word, by, by the word of God, Hebrews 11 too, by the, by the word of God, he framed everything that we, the worlds were framed by the word of God. So God released his faith and declared something to, he, he says to declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. When the people are gathered together 
in the kingdoms to serve the Lord. Thank you, Father. Now, uh, let's go to Matthew 21. Matthew 21. Thank you, Father. I'm going somewhere. We're going somewhere this morning. Matthew 21. Verse 1. Now when they drew near Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her. Loose them and bring them to me. And if anyone says any, any, anything to you, you shall say, the Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. You know, with this, I, I just sense that there's a set time about to happen. There's something about to happen. A set time is about to happen, Kenny. Why? Because, because there's, there's a donkey and a colt tied, and Jesus says, go get that. No one's ever ridden on it. You look at Zechariah, I think it's chapter chapter 3 or 2 or 7, one of those. It's in there, trust me. Somewhere between Genesis and Revelation, it's there. And he says, hey, there's one coming that's riding on a donkey. And so we're, we're about to, we're about to step in to prophetic fulfillment. Why? Because Jesus is saying, hey, go here. This is what's going to happen. And what do you know? It's there. I wonder those that went, wonder if they, they were like, we've seen a lot of interesting things, but get this guy. There's going to be a donkey actually there. And you want us to steal it. Don't discount the prophetic things you're stepping into right now. Because it might just seem like a donkey that's just tied to a post. Because you're stepping in to a set time. We're stepping in to a set time of maximum. Verse 4 said, and, and all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, lowly, sitting on a donkey, in a colt of a foal of a donkey. So the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and they brought the donkey of the colt, and they laid their clothes on them, and set him on them, and a very great multitude spread their clothes on the road. Others cut down branches from the trees and spread them on the road. Then the multitudes, the multitudes who went before and those who followed cried out saying, Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. I believe what we're seeing here is we are seeing Psalms 102 connecting at a set time. In Psalms 102, we, said, we, we hear it said that we, we, we talked about how the Lord declared the name of the Lord. Now, we're seeing the children of Israel align with prophetic scripture. And they declare, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. If you need a title for this morning, it's Hosanna. Don't, don't be nervous. That wasn't just an introduction. I, don't, I just have a little bit left. So, <laughs> Hosanna. What does that mean, Hosanna? Hosanna means, oh, save. I wrote this out. It means, in two different Greek words, it means... First Greek word means now. 
And the second word means save. Or you could translate Hosanna is now free. Now healed. Now prosperous. So every time you take the song Hosanna and you declare and they're declaring Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. What are they doing? They're doing what Psalms 102 said. His name. I will remember his name to all generations. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Every time you declare Hosanna, you're saying now free. Hosanna, now save. Hosanna, now prosperous. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. What we're seeing is, we're seeing when God declared from heaven that there's one coming. God's declaring from heaven the name that's coming. He was declaring this. He was, he was declaring this from heaven. And all of a sudden, those on that day got in line with what heaven was saying. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he had come into Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? Who is this? So the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth of Galilee. Who is this? Who is this? He is their set time. Whatever you're going through and walking through, I want you to know He is your set time. Who is this? You know, there's some other writings in the gospel where Jesus showed up and He he wept and He cried and He, He was upset and He goes, You missed your day of visitation. Meaning, you missed... The set time. I was here. He said, I, I wept over Jerusalem and I, I'm like a, like a hen who would just gather chicks. And he goes, I see them and, and they have no shepherd. And they're declaring, who is this? I want to declare to you, he's your set time. He is your set time. He is Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. This was written, Psalms 22 was written for the generation yet to come. That we could now declare in this generation, a people yet to be created, that we could praise the Lord. That we could say, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It's time for us to come up in our adoration of him. It's time for us to come up in our expectancy of him. It's time for us to come up in understanding that I'm not waiting for a set time. I'm in a set time. I'm not waiting for God to do something else. No, I'm in the midst of what God is doing. It's what we do now. It's what we're doing now. Don't put off to some future date. I remember hearing the voice of God when I was a young, a young, young boy at, at, at 10 years of age. I remember another time being at a camp meeting, a Church of God camp meeting. And I remember being 12 years of age. And, and, and they had all the young people come up. And I remember someone coming to pray for me. And, and, and it was two people. And I, I didn't really want to have anything to do with God at the time. I could care less. And, and I remember going up there and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there and I'm like, my mom made me come here and this is stupid. And I only came for the hot dogs afterwards and the bugles and, and a Zagnut. I like Zagnuts, those candy bars. It's okay, it's all right. It's, it's got coconut on the outside, but it's like a, like a Butterfingers. No, never mind. Not. Man, I'm, I'll be 50 this year, but I'm not that old, okay? Amen, Pastor. But I'm standing there, and, 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 and I could sense, I didn't know at the time, but it was God's presence. I remember this guy was on this side of me, and a woman was on this side of me, and I was closing my eyes, just wishing this would end. And then 
the guy has his hand on my shoulder and he goes, this young man is going to preach. And I'm like, no, I'm not. (laughs) And this lady over here goes, yes, he's going to be a pastor. I'm like, you don't want to know what I said. AT double hockey sticks. No. But I'm sitting there and as they keep praying and all of a sudden tears are going down my eyes and I'm like, why am I crying? Because God wanted me to know there was a set time. I was at a set time at 12 years of age. But I couldn't see it. Something happened again at 14 years of age. Another time at 17 years of age, I was at a service and that time I was drinking heavily, smoking two packs of cigarettes a day. Menthols in the morning, you know, goes well with the toothpaste. Never mind. Some of y'all know. Some of you are like, sorry, Miss Carolyn, apologize. Some people have it hard to believe that I'd smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. And I remember being called out of a service. I was sitting kind of, uh, let's see, kind of where Taquana was. I went to church with my mom. I didn't want to go, as usual. But she, there's this new guy. He's really good. He's really good, you know. And, and I, I, I go, and I'm sitting there, and this guy was different. I, I mean, I wasn't used to all this weird stuff. People were dancing. People were talking a strange language. This was weird. And this guy would prophesy over people. And I'm like, I was kind of like, can I make a door? Because this is not, I'm like, I have all this stuff going on the inside of me. I don't know what to deal with it. And I know now it was the Holy Spirit working in me. And, um, sorry, cameras, but he walked back and, but actually, actually, I'm trying not to look at him because I'm like, if I don't look at him, then nothing will happen. (laughs) Nothing will happen. And. You know, pay no attention. Just don't don't make eye contact and it's going to be all good. It's like, you know, there's times when you were like praying in a circle and it's like, please don't look at me. I don't want to pray. You know, and that, when they squeeze your hand, it's your turn. to No, I don't want to do that. Stop. And, and so anyway, I'm, I'm like, if I look the other way, then it won't happen. And all of a sudden he, he, I guess this is what he did because I wasn't looking. Next thing I know, we're all standing and I'm like, please, this is over soon. And. And so all of a sudden, I turn around. I won't do this to Taquana. Sorry, I won't do this to But I, I stood up, and all of a sudden, he grabbed me by the neck. And picked me up. And he said, beware of the calling of God to come clear. From this day forward, you're a marked man. You will be distinguished, and you will set many free. And he started singing the, the old song, what a difference you'll make in their lives. I'm crying. He read my mail. He told me about the last 17 years of my life. Didn't know anything about me. I couldn't say. No, he was right about everything. But you know what? Still took two more years. And I think of what would have happened if I stepped in and intersected with destiny at 12 years of age or 10 years of age. I'm saying all this to say is don't wait for tomorrow to set step into your set time. Twenty one. Let's see. Thirty. Twenty-nine years ago, I went to Israel with with the, the ministry. Did you go to Israel with us? I wasn't sure if you went or not. With the Bible school, went to Israel, and I remember standing on the Valley of Elah, and it's where David defeated Goliath, and and we were there, and and it was a special time. You could see the Brook Kidron, where they they they, they chose the where he chose the stones and. The five smooth stones, and you. We took this journey through Israel, and 
And we're standing there in the Valley of Elah where David defeated Goliath. And I remember standing there and just being in awe of a man that had a heart after God. And we were there, we got back on the bus and we're sitting there. And of course, every one of these places you go to, they have to have stores because they want to sell you something. And, and so I'm sitting on the bus, I'm looking out the window and there's a jewelry store right there. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, and the Lord says, go in there. I was like, I don't wear jewelry. I don't want jewelry. Just never been the jewelry type. And, and, uh, and he goes, I want you to go in the store. I'm like, okay. So I go in the store and I'm walking around and all of a sudden just the presence of, you think it's kind of weird because I'm in a jewelry store, we're in Israel and I'm like, presence of God comes on me and I'm sitting there and all of a sudden he, the Lord says, buy that ring. I don't like rings. I don't care. Buy the ring. Bought the ring. And at that moment, there was a Something that came upon my life that I can't describe it, but it was like a meeting with destiny that I could not go back from. Time I think it was 27 years of age, 20, 26 years of age. So 30 years ago, I bought this ring, worn it ever since. And it's a braided silver thing. And he said, Justin, if you stick with me like David stuck with me, you'll never have to worry about a giant that you can't defeat. Because as you pursue me, I've called you for greatness. I want to encourage you, you don't need to to go buy a ring. (laughs) But the significance for me when I look at it, Now. Destiny is calling you now. Your set time is here. Let me close with this. Psalms 118. I wish I could say all this was in my notes, but I don't really have notes except one definition. It's just the Lord ministering directly to you. Verse 19. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go through them. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? There's already a gate. It's Jesus. Open to me the gates of righteousness, and I will go through them, and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteous shall enter. What's the gate? Praise. Praise is the gate. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. They were praising Jesus. Jesus is is the gate. He's the doorway. Why are we praising? Because Jesus is the gate. So, so the thing is, this other gate that we're walking into, that we're stepping into, is this praise. So my, now on, from now on, after this set time is, my, the, my total life should be releasing praise. Releasing praise. I will praise you for you have answered me and have become my salvation. The stone which the builders rejected have become the chief cornerstone. This was the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Verse 25. Save now. Which is Hosanna. 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 Save now. I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Now prosperity. Not just Hosanna is now saved. Then it's also now prosperity. You can't separate them. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will praise you. You are my God and I will exalt you. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good and for his mercy endures forever.
Stand to your feet. Hallelujah. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Now prosperity. Now salvation. Now healing. Now restoration. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now. Now. Hosanna. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And what a, what a celebration that should be for us. Why? Because I'm not waiting for it. It's here. It's kind of, we kind of be like, oh, well, when I see it, then I really praise God. No, it's here. Your set time is here. Make a decision today. Now I'll pursue God. Now I'll lay aside the things of this world. Make a decision now. I'll open up all that I am to Him. Hosanna, Hosanna. Blessed is He who comes in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Can we just lift our voices? Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. We praise you. We make room for you in our lives. Hallelujah. I thank you that you're rebuilding. Yes, Lord. Yeah, all the things that were broken down in my life, Father. All the things that you wanted to rebuild. Just like you did for my life. Just like, like, like you did, did in my past. I thank you, Lord, that, that you will carry them to that same destiny. The same purpose that's specific to them. Just continue to lift your voice. Just, just worship the Lord. Oh, we worship you, oh Lord. We worship you, oh Lord. We worship you, oh Lord. We worship you. If you're here this morning and 
You've never been filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said this. He said, it's advantageous that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit won't come. I was so grateful when I got born again. There was something that totally happened that I couldn't describe. But when I was, but then after I got born again and I made that decision, there was still some things like when I'd read the word, it didn't make sense. Or when, when I prayed, I, there was some things, I felt like there was something missing. I felt like there was, I, it's like I had this desire and I, I wanted, but there, there was something that I, it was almost like I, I was wanting to touch power. I was wanting something greater, but it was almost like I was kind of being like, like hindered, so to speak. And, and I realized I needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so when, when, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, driving in my car to work, listening to Ron Canoli, Jesus is Alive in 1992. No, I'm sorry, August of 1991. I'm sorry, 93, sorry. All these years. August of 93. And all of a sudden something, man, just happened on the inside of me. And all of a sudden where I was struggling before trying to read the word. All of a sudden it was like things were making sense to me. All of a sudden not knowing how to pray for someone. All of a sudden when I'd pray for them, something happened. All of a sudden there was a confidence I didn't have before. There was this newness that I hadn't experienced before. Now I know what, why Jesus was like to the disciples. He breathed on them and said, receive the breath of God. And, 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 and it said, he breathed on them, the Holy spirit. That's when they got born again. That's not when they got filled in John 20. If they were filled then, then why would he say, go to Jerusalem until you're filled with it? Because that aspect in John 20 was just like God breathing into Adam and he became a speaking spirit. But yet he said, go to Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. The Holy Spirit, he is the spirit of truth. He's the revealer of secrets. He's the one that wrote the word. He's the teacher of the church. And so when that happened in my life, it was like it changed everything. So people... Well, ask me, Justin, how do you see these things in Scripture? It's the Holy Spirit. Trust me, I'm not that smart. When I graduated high school, I was probably reading on a fifth grade level. Hated to read. Didn't want to read. But something changed when I got filled with the Holy Spirit. I didn't like to read because there was some aspect of dyslexia and things just, it just didn't make sense. But when I got filled with the Spirit and I'd read the Word, all of a sudden words would jump off the page and all of a sudden something would hear, be here. And, and, that, and, and it was being filled with the Spirit. It's not just speaking in tongues is the evidence. That's the evidence. But it's so much more than just speaking in tongues. The fire. He's the fire to my life. And as you desire to be filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to come forward. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hey, Chris. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Paul said, as he laid hands on them, he said, they all received. All received. Mm. He said, as they prayed in the Holy Spirit, they all spoke. He said, when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they, they spoke as God gave them utterance. One of the biggest things that I had to learn was realizing it's not, it's not something up here, but it's something 
out of here. It's a river that God releases on the inside of you. Thank you, Father. It's a river. And, and believe it or not, if you're born again, that it's already there. It's there. It's there. So I'm not asking for a river to come. When you made Jesus the Lord of your life, that river was there. How do I know that? Because Jesus tells, tells us that in John chapter 4. When he said, if you believe me and you receive me as living water, you would have water that would spring up to eternal life. So that woman at the well, that, was, that, was, that, spoke, of, that spoke of the born again experience. But in John 7, three chapters later, he says, he goes, if you come to me who is living water, all that are thirsty, let them come unto me and drink. And you know what Jesus said? He goes, he goes, he was speaking of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit hasn't been given yet. You know, he was speaking to you, Chris, you shine, you Doug. Thank you, Father. Oh, thank you, Father. Pastor Carla, can you come minister? Miss Horvath here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Oh, thank you, Father. Mm. Just, just worship the Lord. Don't be a spectator. Be a participator. Hallelujah. Maybe you haven't prayed in the Spirit in a long time. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift on the inside of you. Timothy was operating in fear. Timothy was operating in defeat. And so Paul had to correct him. He said, stir up the gift that came upon you in the laying on of hands. Stir up the gift on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Stir up the gift on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Now for you guys here. Hallelujah. You just continue to worship. You continue to praise out there. Hallelujah. I thank you for joy and peace over every person that's in this place and watching from home. Thank you, Father, for joy and peace. Joy and peace. Father, we receive your joy and your peace in this place today. Hosanna. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. If you receive this word today, give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We praise you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We praise you, Father. Thank you that you always cause us to triumph. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Drew's leaving for South Africa on Thursday. And and so he's going to be there for 17 days. So let's pray for Drew. Amen. Father, I thank you for Drew. And Lord, we thank you that you order his steps. I thank you... That you have a set time of favor. You have a divine appointment for him. And I thank you that he will know a lot more when he gets there. Ryan, come behind him. You don't have... Thank you, Father. This isn't just over you, but this is over every young person in this place. I've not called you to be like everyone else. And this is over all the... And I've called you out for a specific purpose. I've sanctified you. Yes. Yes, when we let go of what we think, that's so much more. We actually embrace so much more. Yeah. 
thank you that our young people are set apart for such a time as this because this is their set time of favor. To operate in the greater, you have to separate from the ordinary. The Lord says, there's so much more in me. Embrace me. Pursue me. I'm not looking for your perfection or your performance. I'm looking for your pursuit. And I'll take care of all the rest. I receive that for me. I receive that for me. Mm. Say, I receive that. I receive that. Mm. Jesus. Mm. Come expecting next week. Come expecting every week. When you come to God's presence, it's always to take us to our destiny. In Jesus' name.